You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all to kick off draft week and draft coverage. We've got a lot to go over with that, but there's actually some bigger news here in the NBA first, and that's, yes, Kawhi Leonard with the San Antonio Spurs wanting to trade, wanting out, and maybe the end of kind of the Spurs run as we know it, which is very odd to actually say out loud. I know the question on your mind is, do the Pelicans have any chance of landing him here? Well, I'll answer that question for you in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. We'll talk about the draft. We'll start looking at some prospects. I'm going to give you guys kind of a name, a list of names to keep an eye on that are going to be not reaches, but are unlikely to fall to the Pelicans who we would love to be able to get in the with the 51st overall pick or should they trade up, which I've gone on record saying I don't think is going to happen. We'll kind of go over all of that and a little bit more in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So something is going on in San Antonio, and this broke Friday. Woj and a number, and Shams, and a number of other guys all dropped this at the same time, meaning basically someone from Kawhi Leonard's camp texted them all at once, and they all rushed to get it out there. And that was that he wants a trade, ideally to the Los Angeles Lakers and out of the San Antonio Spurs. Supposedly, Popovich was going to meet with Leonard, and they were going to try and work this out. And we saw this happen a couple of years ago, last year or the year before, I forget now, with LaMarcus Aldridge potentially wanting out of San Antonio. Popovich met with him for two hours. They cleared the air. He came back and then had a very good regular season, though he doesn't show up in the playoffs for them. And all was good in San Antonio, but that doesn't seem to be the case now, where all of a sudden it did come out that Kawhi Leonard wants out. And this is before he had the meeting with Popovich, meaning he seems so far gone, at least the optics of it to me, that he's so far gone from this team. He doesn't even care about meeting, doesn't think that there's anything Popovich is going to be able to say that will change his mind. That's surprising because that's just not how the Spurs for 20 years now have had things happen to them, whether it's the unbelievable health luck they've had, the draft luck they've had, everything about that and getting all the good players and keeping them well. And then of course, having the best coach in the league and blah, blah, blah. You know, they've been almost unassailable during this, this 20 year stretch. And now all of a sudden it looks like they're crumbling a little bit, you know, that came out that maybe Popovich isn't going to coach them past 2020. He's definitely towards that retirement age. And, all, you know, there's rumors of LeBron might go there. But if LeBron sees this, here's Popovich might quit or retire, I should say. Maybe he doesn't end up going there. And this just creates this whole big what if scenario and thing that you could run through with this team over in the division rival of the Pelicans. So it's very interesting to see. It did come out that, you know, the preferred destination for Kawhi Leonard is the Los Angeles Lakers, which is infuriating for a number of reasons. But, you know, if that's where he wants to go, that's where he wants to go. So the question now becomes, does any team try and trade for him? Because he will be a one-year rental, let's say. He's under contract next season. Then after that, he is a free agent. So you're looking at a situation like what happened with DeMarcus uh, Cousins, where maybe the trade offers were a little bit lower for a player of his caliber, because basically he's like, I'm going to test free agency, and I'm not going to just blind 
blindly re-sign with whoever trades for me. We don't need to get into the numbers, so we don't really care about Kawhi Leonard's contract that much, but basically he's leaving a fuckload of money on the table by not wanting to stay with the Spurs. He was eligible for that five-year super max deal, and now if he goes to another team, he won't be. And then if he goes to another team after a trade, well, then he loses that extra guaranteed year in that fifth year of the contract. Of course, he can recoup that if he plays well and then just kind of re-ups or does a one-in-one, something like that, or a two-plus-one, what have you. There's ways for him to get that money, so I don't think that's as big of a deal. But the Supermax is off the table, and that was the big contract that he was going to be eligible for. So now the question you all wonder is, can the Pelicans trade for him? Well, the answer is yes, they could. They could. They have, They can match salary. You can find a way to make it work. But you're risking that on a one-year rental, and you'd be giving up multiple first-round picks for it. And then you've got to factor in that there's plenty of other teams that could make a better offer than the Pelicans. So the only reason the Pelicans would have a chance at this, the only reason is if no one at all is interested in uh, trading for him on a one-year rental and the Pelicans say, fuck it, screw it, let's try and let's make a play for him and you give up assets and different things like that, knowing that he very realistically might bolt in the future, particularly because it sounds like he wants to play for the Lakers. And I think he's from LA or from that area. He played at San Diego State. I know that. So that's the interesting thing. So yeah, they can put a non-competitive offer out on the table, but all of a sudden, if that's the only offer, that maybe looks a little bit better. And it doesn't sound like Kawhi has any interest in coming to play here by himself. It sounds like it is LA for whatever reason that is. And, you know, whatever that reason is, we have no idea. He's a very quiet person. But my takeaway on this and why did their relationship deteriorate so badly is he had his teammates calling him out during the regular season. Tony Parker came out and said, yeah, my, my leg injury was 100 times worse than this, and I came back sooner. You know, these are big issues when it comes to trust and things with players' bodies, and we've seen this here in New Orleans, particularly with Quincy Pondexter. And luckily here in New Orleans, one, it wasn't that major of a player at the time. And two, you didn't have players calling him out, which would have been a bad look. And I mean, come on now. If your player, your own team is calling you out, trying to say, hey, you need to be playing blah, 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 and making you feel bad and publicly shaming you, which is what that is, yeah, you might not trust those guys or like them nearly as much as you did before. So when you hear rumors of things about maybe players not liking DeMarcus Cousins, what have you, there's a reason it's only just rumors and nothing's going to be publicly said. And the coaching staff of this team and the front office of this team, regardless of how they truly feel, are only going to go out there and say, we love DeMarcus Cousins. We want him here. Of course we want him back because trust and all of that in relationships between front office coaches and players is very important and can have a huge impact now that we've seen that from the Kawhi Leonard injury. The other thing is, this is how important it is to make sure your own team trusts your medical staff. We've seen issues with this with Derek Rose in the in the past. We've seen it with Quincy Pondexter here. There's probably a couple other um, examples we can point to in the NBA where a player just doesn't feel right in their body for whatever reason, though a coaching staff is saying, yeah, they're good to go. That doesn't mean they're actually good to go. You guys got to understand that we don't know what goes on inside someone's body. You can't feel their pain. This isn't a Black Mirror episode or anything like that. We don't live in that type of future yet where we kind of can immediately know what it is. Sometimes it's 
feel. And it sounds like what happened here with Kawhi Leonard is they said he was fine. They said, do this, do this, do this. He'd go and practice. And then a day later, it hurt more or it didn't feel right. So he lost trust in that medical staff. I'd be willing to bet just as much as his teammates calling him out. That's a big reason for his departure too. So I always want to give our medical staff here in New Orleans a bit of a break. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes. We don't know how players rehab and things like that. So I'm not trying to kill them here. And I've defended them in the past. So I've been critical of them too, because sometimes there are things that jump out at you and you're like, wait a second, that doesn't seem right. But this shows the importance that that medical staff, trainers, doctors, what have you, play with these teams because those things are important to the trust of a player. And when that trust goes away, that's when you ask for a trade. Right now, New Orleans is not in that situation. We've avoided that situation so far. But it's bad for the Spurs because it really might be the end of their dynasty. So we're about to talk about the NBA draft here. But if you want to know more about the NBA draft, there's two things you got to check out. The first LockedOnPelicans.com. We are profiling second-round picks for you. These things are not fun to cover. You haven't watched a lot of these guys because they're not on big-name schools or anything like that. So learn more about them over at LockedOnPelicans.com. Our team is putting up great profiles of guys that are going to be in the Pelicans range in this second round with the 51st overall pick. And also over at LockedOnNBA, the podcast, also LockedOnNBA.com, if you just want to check that out for all of the sports coverage we have um, regarding ba- uh, basketball on the NBA. Also, there's LockedOnSports.com, too, for coverage from all of our sites and podcasts. But the Locked On NBA podcast and channel is running our mock draft where our hosts act as GMs of the team. Find out who they pick. They give you a little bit more in-depth on each player, what they do well, what their strengths and weaknesses are. If you want just a good overview on the draft, make sure you listen to the Locked On NBA mock draft. So second round coverage time. We're not going to dive in on certain guys today. I'm going to save that for later in the week. But I want to give you a list of names to kind of keep an eye on and just see because maybe for whatever reason it is they slip or all of a sudden one of these guys are available at the start of the second round and maybe the Pelicans do get aggressive and try and trade up. Though I've gone over why I don't think that'll be the case. To keep it simply, they don't have an extra second-round pick to package and trade up for someone. So I think that's a, not a realistic thing to see. Though you never know. A team like Philly has like five second-round picks, so maybe they look to offload one of those. But I don't see the Pelicans being that aggressive in spending cash just to move up without being able to recoup that cash in some way. If they do do that and do spend that money... That's got to be a good sign from Ms. Benson and what she plans to do and how she plans to run this team. So some names to keep an eye on. And all of these guys that I'm going to talk about here, and we're going to do it quickly because, again, they're likely not going to be there, are guys that are projected, say, 25 and lower, different mock drafts wherever you look. The first one being Grayson Allen, shooting guard out of Duke. He's a senior, and most people hate this guy. And this pick just screams Warriors late in the first round with the 28th overall pick to draft him to me. He's a guy who can shoot. He's not great defensively, but he does kind of overall just all right everywhere, just kind of well-rounded. He can pass a little bit. He shoots well. He's kind of got that tough attitude. He's a dick. He trips players. We know this, and the white guy out of Duke is going to get made fun of. Guy can play, and he should be a first-round pick because of that. You know, he's got good size at six foot five. Basically, he's got a decent wingspan. Kind of reminds you maybe a little bit of Eric Gordon in some capacity if he gets hot. And I think that's going to be a big thing. 
Likely not going to be there in the second round, but you never know. Maybe for some reason he slips, but just a name to keep an eye on. The dream player for, there's two dream players maybe for New Orleans, and I don't think at least one of these is going for sure in the first round. The other guy, maybe not. The dream player likely is going to be Dante DiVincenzo from Villanova. You saw him as the guy who was the hero in their uh, in the final against Michigan. And we're going to talk about someone else from that game coming up in a little bit here. He's an offensive guy. He can score from the wing. He can get out there and just uh, kind of do it in a number of different ways. The three-point shooting we know about. He's got a drive and kick game a little bit too. So you've got to like that. There's a bit of playmaking in him. Again, decent size, six foot five wingspan of six 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 seven you know he he didn't play as much as you would have liked to have seen from him in college but again he's a sophomore who had a breakout final four was the hero for Villanova in the title game and he's a spot up three-point shooter and you can never have enough of those going on with your team particularly with bigs like Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins the other ideal wing is the guy that I've been championing all along Melvin Frazier out of Tulane roll wave you know, a 3-and-D wing that's Rob, great tools. He might slip to the second round, but certainly I don't expect that he'll be there past 40 overall. But this is a guy who has a lot of potential scoring-wise and defensively where he's already known for. You'd like to have seen him be a bigger scorer here at Tulane in New Orleans when that lack of talent around him and why he didn't do that is a bit of a question. He's got to work on his shot a little bit, but man, the tools are there. 6'6". Six, six. He's got a 7'2 wingspan. You can't get much better than that, at least as a second-round prospect. Another guy, and I wrote about him over at LockedOnPelicans.com. This is a guy who realistically might, but he's been kind of flying up draft boards recently, and that's Josh Akogi out of Georgia Tech, a sophomore. Basically, he's kind of a hybrid 3 and D wing with a lot of energy, and if he can kind of get his shot working in the NBA, this guy could be very, very good. He would have been likely been a first-round pick if it wasn't for injury, suspension, different things that kind of kept his season a little bit more quiet. He probably should have gone pro after last year where there was potential that he was going to do that, so he's someone that's been on NBA radars for a while. He kind of reminds you a little bit of Robert Covington on the good side of things. That's awesome. That's a guy that potentially might be there. You've seen him mocked anywhere from late first round to right near the Pelicans at 51, so there's a chance. Another guy to keep an eye on, though, this position isn't as big of one as need, and this is the last guy we'll probably touch on here. And it's Mort Wagner. Wagner, I don't exactly know how to pronounce it. I don't remember from the title game. Out of Michigan, the center who can shoot threes that kind of reminds you a lot of Kelly Olenek and Channing Fry. Basically, he's very good offensively. He needs to get better defensively, but he's got range. When you need a backup big that can play alongside Davis and or Cousins, that's a guy that you want to have out there. You kind of have that already in, uh, as of course, because I blank, in Nikola Mirotic. But again, adding those guys for cheap is never a bad thing. So those are some names to keep an eye on that the Pelicans are hoping fall to them at 51. Most of those guys could easily be first-round picks, so I think it's going to be a stretch. But just names to casually keep an eye on. Nothing overall. There's some other names, though, that we'll be talking about in tomorrow's podcast and the rest of the week's podcast that really are much more realistic, and we'll give you guys profiles of those. But those are kind of the dream pie-in-the-sky prospects for the Pelicans right now.
So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Again, the Kawhi Leonard situation, Pelicans likely not going to be a player in that whatsoever, unless they're really going to take a big chance on a rental. And when you've got Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, I think you need to be thinking two or three seasons down the line as well. So yeah, they'll make a move for someone or try to, but I don't know if it's going to be for just one season of Kawhi Leonard, though, man, that would be a fun team. And then gave you guys some picks or profiles of players to keep an eye on. Not realistic guys necessarily. Maybe one or two of those there are, and we'll talk about them later. That could be great fits for New Orleans. Those are their dream prospects, but likely going to go a little bit too high. But you never know. Players slide. We'll find out on Thursday. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all tomorrow.